This is CliffCentral.com. She works hard, she works hard for, for the money. money. So hard for it, honey. She works hard for the money, so you better All right, Antia, the, um, the Rand's chickens are coming home to roost. All of our political shenanigans over the last couple of days, and it's suddenly starting to cost. Isn't it just? Last right. week this time, the rand was 13.29 at the moment, 13.63. And it really just has been a slow, steady weakening across the week. I mean, the cabinet reshuffle, rumors of Ramaphosa being fired, President Putin interfering. There's Can you a believe lot. that the Russians were here Ooh. the uh-huh. day before? Yo, yo, yo. Scary, hey? Yeah, frightening. This, this is what are we doing? Seriously, I we mean, are I, owned. That's what we totally. are. Totally, we are owned. I, I think that was probably my scariest story. Yeah. President Putin, <gasps> he's not to be messed with. I tell you. Yeah. So, I have a question for you guys. What What do you think is really going on here? Because this will give me some insight into what's going to happen with the budget. Budget this Wednesday, Malusi Gigaba's first budget speech, medium term only. Well, you're going to pop in and, t- and tell us about it, right? I'll tell you on Thursday what happened on Wednesday. So I'll come in on Thursday and give you a heads up. Um, I mean, but okay. there's a lot of speculation, lots of questions about whether or not there will be an allocation to a certain nuclear um, energy plant. Mm-hmm. I tell you what there is. There's definitely tax implications coming up. We're definitely short of money in this year's budget. Um, there's already talk of the, um, what do they call it? The medical scheme tax credits disappearing. And, and I think that's a big one for people to watch out for, or at least those of you who have medical aids. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's big. You know, government's expected to close a 25 billion rand from these tax credits. Eh? So that's how much we're going to lose out. That's how much it's going to impact our pockets. I don't understand this. So this is for people who are, not on the public health system, who have a medical aid. In other words, they are trying to get their own private health care, so they're not a burden on the state. Uh, yes, and now they're going to take away the benefits so that they can start a national health So you get insurance. nailed twice if you're clever enough to not rely on the, the Department of Health. You yeah, get pretty nailed, much right. You get yeah. nailed twice. If the first time you get nailed is because you have to pay for your own medical care from your own pocket. Second of all, they're going to take this tax back. Well, the credits, yeah. yeah. The credits. Yeah, yeah, so to me, don't get it right. I mean, this is this just proves once again. I mean, you could pick a hundred different examples of this, but this is the latest one. How the state cannot do a better job than public uh, than private uh, enterprise. They just can't. They're parasites. They will find any way to milk any kind of value out of a situation and make it worse, not better. I've got more bad news for you. Sorry. <laughs> so we're also expecting a hike in dividend withholding tax. Remember the last time it went from 15 to 20%. Mm-hmm. And people are expecting that the marginal tax rate will go up to 50%. 50%. So yeah. now there's talk now, of it anyway. Now, now it's exactly, yeah. Well, this is inevitable, right? This is what happens when a government who can't spend money properly and who don't have enough run out and need to, to milk the population even more. Do these guys really think that's going to work though? Yeah, of course. Well, they don't have a choice. What choice do they have? They, they've got a huge budget deficit, big hole in this budget. They have to get the money from somewhere. The only person or people they can get it from are us, the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple of other things. I mean, so, of course, the question is whether or not they'll hike um, VAT. I'm not sure they will. 
Um, so I think they'll go for the easy money, easy in inverted commas first. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's us. <laughs> just in case you missed me saying it the first time round. Right, no, we you. heard you. We, we just, <laughs> we're still processing exactly you. how terrible our lives it is time are about to guys, become. It's time to get rid of uh, government. Really, it is just, it, this is unacceptable. Half of everything you earn now is going to them. Possibly. Half of your year, you work from January to July for them. For, for them. Think about that. Oh, when you put it like that, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a modern day version of slavery, isn't it? Oh, suddenly felt a bit like it, yeah. Aren't there any loopholes? What is our only option to live off the grid? Like, create our new country. You can move. Uh, and Namibia won't charge you this much to live. No, oh, so okay. in uh, Mauritius the tax rate is three and a half percent. In Monaco it's five. Oh. And yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, time, and yeah. time to yes. Uh, take cliffcentral.com to Mauritius. Cheers, everybody. See Monaco, you later. I say. <laughs> Monaco's a little expensive to live in. Oh. All right. Anyway, so I mean, look, there's, they're gonna there's some fuckery afoot. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so eloquently, well, yes. I'll come and tell you exactly what it is on Thursday. So, yes, the rand weakened on, well, all through the week last week. Good for rand hedges, but bad for local shares. On Friday, Barclays Group Africa was down 4% on Friday alone. So, Naspers, of course, is now a 3,297 rand share, so almost 3,300 rand. Um, and then a couple of other things besides... Um, the political shenanigans also drove the rand weaker. We had CPI inflation and the core was a little bit disappointing at 4.6%. Headline inflation came in at 5.1%. And Amanda and I were just talking about this early on because I said, to, I don't know what the fuel inflation, fuel price was from August to September. But I saw a note saying that it was fuel inflation, which makes up 5% of the CPI basket, which jumped 12.2% in September. So, so I don't mm. think it did. But apparently, according to Stats SA, that's what happened. Um, so I'm a little bit confused with that number. These are conversations you and Amanda have. You talk about the uh, CPI figures. While we're waiting for right. Ben to finish his I'm impressed. Too. Okay. <laughs> What's that mean, Anthea? Well, oh. I have to wait at least. I can't just jump in. <laughs> look at her. Look at her saying that I I talk too much. Ooh, yeah, you come in here one one day a week and you throw shade. Oh, Ben, you you you're more prickly than a cabinet minister at the wow, moment. Wow, hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened there? All right, see, I'll see your game, Matthew. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some corporate news. Okay. <laughs> yes, where do you want to start? Shall we start with First Rand? I want to start with First Rand because they're announced that they're buying a UK specialist lender and deposit taker called Eldermore in this environment when I think it was last week I was sat here telling you about famous brands and how they'd messed up and Brexit, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and all the drama around that. So this Eldermore, um, they only IPO'd in 2015, so fairly new. Um, at first glance, the deal looks like it's slightly earnings accretive. It's ele- we bought it at, or they bought it at 11 times price earnings, two times book. A nice little bolt on, um, for first rand. And you know, first rand have been sitting on cash for three years. So it's not like they were, and, and don't forget that cash on the balance sheet is a drag on return on equity. You know, you're not getting as much for your cash in the bank. And in this case, literally in the bank mm-hmm. um, or on the bank's balance sheet, as you would if you deployed it and bought something worthwhile. And you know that First Rand has one of the best ROEs in the banking environment. How they keep it above 20% throughout is phenomenal. Every year, I mean, where other banks are print, printing high single digits or mid-teens, they're printing low 
20% returns. I mean, it's phenomenal. Anyway, so they've been sitting on this cash for three years and they finally decided to buy something in the UK. Um, it is quite nice. You know, this Aldermore business, it's, it's a clean business. It's a good niche business. Um, with a high return on equity. And I think it'll just fit nicely into first round. Also, they're a little bit innovative, um, and a little bit niche, which I think first round boys are looking for and girls are looking for. Okay. Um, so that was quite interesting. Um, and then following on from this PPC and the bid to take PPC out, and I've spoken at length about it, at length about it. Um, there's another company, construction company, Group 5, which is now being bid for. I saw their shares go sky high last week. Yes, 25% up. But right. then on Friday, it came off 14% because Green Bay Properties um, said that they were going to buy their European assets, a company called Intertoll, which manages the tolls in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on Friday, Group 5 led let this bid lapse. So in other words, kind of, they didn't come to the party in time. Green, they did ask Green Bay to the, ex, to extend the bid, but Green Bay said they're not going to extend the bid because they're not going to allow for them to go out and find other bidders. You know, basically, hmm. it's just a little, hmm, corporate, uh, So it lapsed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they could come back or somebody else could potentially Bid for, um, but if you five. were smart, you would have taken that 25% cashed out then and you would have made it. If nice you were a return. shareholder, oh, is that yeah. what you're saying? Yes, if yeah. you were a shareholder. So the sh- so it's still trading higher than the, the bid price, um, the market cap bid price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I think if they do buy Intertoll, Group 5 really will be left with assets that are meaningless or valueless. So the the, the, the Intertoll business, the European business, is the real cash cow, in other words. Right. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about this Discovery Banking license. Oh, what finally, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's not a whole lot of um, information on it at the moment. I think it's interesting that Discovery finally got their banking license. Don't forget, a couple of weeks ago, Tyne got a banking license as well. I mean, the Saab hasn't allocated banking licenses for what it was, 11 years or something. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they allocate two or they approve two banking license. And time, of course, is Patrice Motsepe's. Um, so that's the online banking business, which has been going for a while now. I've been following it for a while. It's not listed. Um, it was part of MTN at one stage. I'm not sure if it still is. And, of course, now Discovery. I think what's going to be interesting is to see what Discovery is going to do with this banking license. We've been waiting for it for 18 months now. We knew it was coming. I don't think. So, obviously, Capitec is the model that's working at the moment. The fastest growing bank in South Africa. Right. Because it's so cheap, offers all sorts um, but I don't think Discovery are going to go after that market. I think Discovery are going to go after the market they already own um, with their insurance and their vitality business. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I can't make any predictions. It's a really difficult one to say. Okay. Yeah. And then we had a couple of companies release results as well. Pick and Pay released their first half results. Not a pretty story. I mean, earnings were decent. You know, you saw top line growth of 5.1%. Um, but really the growth was more because of cost savings than them capturing or recapturing market share that they've lost. And in fact, their margins are getting squeezed. So you can imagine on that. So they've got two issues there. They're losing market share 
and their margins are under pressure, and we never like that in a retail business. You know, what no. you want, obviously, is to grow, like the ShopRite model. Um, and in fact, if you strip out their like-for-like sales, which grew at 1.8%, and you take out selling price inflation at 3.6%, they actually, you actually extrapolate a negative volume growth of 1.8%, which means that the business is moving backwards. Oh. Uh-huh. Not good. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's just not good. And you know, they, at the last results, I'm sure I, re- I remember sitting here, in fact, and talking about how the smart shopper card is doing so well, how they're getting everyone signed on with this. doesn't seem to be working all of a sudden. Yeah. Six months later, and it's not a great story. Ay, ay, ay. Um, and then we also saw Richemont release results. Now, here's a story that looks like it could be a luxury goods sector turnaround. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. EBIT, earnings before interest and tax, up 45% in the first half of the year. I mean, so you remember la- at the end of last year, um, they had a management shakeup. And I think this is, I think this has been good for the business. And not only that, but we've seen kind of the Chinese get back into the shopping or the Asian market, I should say. So particularly in China, there's been some good growth. Hong Kong, um, I think Japan also showed some healthy growth. Europe was kind of flat. The UK was fairly negative. I'm talking about the luxury, um, goods sector, you know, the watches, the jewelry, right. and so forth. Um, and this could be good for Richemont. So, it hasn't really reflected in the share, which is what I'm a bit worried about. Last time I checked, it was trading at 122 rand a share. We bought some at about 94, 95, and I'd really like to see it grow a bit more. I'm going to be sitting there holding on to this one. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good story. It's a story I do like. No huge surprises, just this incredible earnings growth. Okay. And then talk about earnings. The U.S. have kicked off their earnings reporting season again because, you know, they they report quarterly. Right. Yeah. So it's this time. And the two that I want to talk about, Netflix and PayPal, incredible. So Netflix's share is up 64% year to date. PayPal is up 80%. That's very quietly, quietly, right? That's very nice. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. So so PayPal kind of, we think of it as the grandfather of online payments. It's like the original online payments. It's boring. No one watches it anymore. And then that happened. Revenue was up 21% to $3.2 billion for the third quarter. And that translated into earnings increase of 31%. I think that's phenomenal. 8.2 million new active users for PayPal. Like, where do these guys come from? How long has this business been going now? Like, what, what, I, like I'm almost can't explain why the sudden enthusiasm for PayPal all of a sudden. Anyway, I mean, there are, hmm. there's a couple of acquisitions that they did a while ago, like I think almost a year ago, Venmo, which is their uh, peer-to-peer payment system, and then OneTouch, which is their um, checkout payment system. But I haven't seen, and I'm a PayPal user, and I haven't seen any of it being advertised. In fact, the only thing I ever get from PayPal are like fraudulent emails. Have you guys, do you guys also get that? <laughs> oh, like, no. Not from PayPal themselves, but I'm always getting. Oh, people using the name. Yeah. And like copying the logo. I always get those. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a weird thing, obviously. All right. Well, it's your, you see, you're, you're a magnet for these things. <laughs> for fraudulent emails. Yeah, it's all Thanks. you. <laughs> all right. And then Netflix also released results. The share was up 4% the day they released results. As I said, 64% year to date. Best third quarter on record since 
and sending the share to a new all-time high since they started. Revenue grew by 30% to $2.99 billion, so beating all estimates. Total streaming subscribers rose to $109.3 million. Net income for the mm. quarter nearly, more than doubled, not nearly, more than doubled to $130 million. The problem with Netflix, though, is that they are spending huge, huge amounts. Huge, amounts of money. Huge. Is it billions or millions? <laughs> uh, billions. No, it's billions. They are spending billions and billions on programming. Right. So for this year, it looks like they'll be spending $6 billion. Wow. Huh. That's, that's a lot of money, eh? Damn right. Yeah. And and so, I mean, the things they say that have driven... So, first of all, they've lured 4.45 million customers from abroad to Netflix. And in the U.S., they've got 850,000 new subscribers. Mm. And this is after putting their price up by over 10%. So, they just put it up by a dollar, right? And what is it now? It's like $19.99 or something. Mm-hmm. What is it? $9.99. So, they just put it up by a dollar. I mean, that's quite cheeky, I thought. But clearly, people are loving Netflix and going with it. And there's a... I mean, the, the, one of the, the downside, of course, and why they're spending all this money on programming um, is because we spoke about this a while ago, is that Disney is looking to pull their um, content from Netflix. And so that's obviously that's right. a problem, yeah. And then, of course, they're like they name all the stuff, you know, they've done a great deal with Shonda Rhimes, their first production deal, in fact. Hmm. Oh. Uh, now that I've got Sia's attention. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so it's Shonda Rhimes and suddenly he's You know how here. Shonda's my favorite. Um, and then they also talk about this program called Ozark, which I just have not been able to get into. <laughs> like, um, and they're saying that that's what drew, that's what drew the subscribers, um, that an American Vandal and that Jerry Seinfeld did a stand-up special. I'm not sure I believe that. Well, maybe it's just me. Like, it's not stuff that I watch, maybe. Okay. Yeah, so two great stories coming out of the U.S. And we've got the banks and some of the retailers reporting this week. But for us, it's all about the budget. Yeah, and let's hope that this nuclear deal nonsense isn't isn't going to happen because that will plunge us into even more terrible debt. Well, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. uh, But what we'll do is we'll just – we'll strap the next generation with the debt. You know, that's what people do is they just saddle them with the problem. Oh, dear. Yeah, you don't you don't you think for a second that this government has any morality when it comes to saddling the next generation with debt? Yeah. They don't care. Nope, no. Thanks very much, guys. All right, Anthea, thank you. We'll see you on Thursday. Oh yes, Thursday yes. morning. All right, so we'll check in on that um, that medium term budget with old Malusi Gigaba. Oh, still taking bets on what he'll wear. And oh, I don't care. I, he could he could walk in there buck naked. I could care less. Um, Anthea will be here, though, to help us digest it and understand it and make sense of it and figure out how much it's going to cost you. Because that's the deal. It's not Malusi Gigaba coming out telling us how he's going to spend his money. He's telling us how he's going to spend our money. Remember, he works for us. I know sometimes it gets confusing and doesn't look like that, but that's how it's meant to work. This is CliffCentral.com.